For today's episode, I'd like to highlight the work of a fantastic industry charity. The film and TV charity supports people in the UK film and TV industry at every stage of their career and beyond. From their important work on mental health, which led to the creation of the Whole Picture Programme, and their help for crew being affected by COVID-19. If you, a member of your family or a friend who works in the industry, needs help or someone to talk to, please go to filmtvcharity.org.uk. Let's get started. Hola, film family. I'm Isusko, your host, a.k.a. The Time Scheduler. Welcome to the Film Gods podcast, which is a chat with the best of the UK film crew who make all of those beautiful moving images you watch every day. I want to give a special thanks to Island Studios for the recording space. Thank you, Mark, Mitch, Pauline, and the whole team. And wherever you're listening, I hope you enjoy. Big love. Ladies and gents, it's an absolute privilege to have our special guest on today. Um, me and this young man started off as very young tadpoles in the pond of filmmaking at a low-budget production company in London back many, many, many moons ago. So please tell the listeners who you are and what your job title is. Um, well, my job title uh, would be um, cinematographer, director of photography, DOP or DP in short, which all means the same thing. I'm making the visuals in a film production. My name is Konstantin Freyer. That's how you pronounce it in German. The English say Freyer. So Sorry, Konstantin I've Freyer. Freyer. <laughs> no, that's right. fine. Exactly. That's exactly right. I mean, Freyer is, uh, it's, I, I don't know. People tend to find that funny to pronounce. So that's why everybody says Freyer. I'm fine with it. And I mean, people who know me call me Konz at the end of the day. Right. So no, no last names required. Nice. <laughs> So tell us, what does, in your words, what is it that you do and what does a DP do on a job? Well, um, I would say I'm responsible for the visual storytelling of a film project, be it like narrative, feature, commercial or music video. So that means I translate whatever idea a director or an ad agency or whoever has, I translate that into images. So that means... I, we come up together with a director, we come up with the blocking of a scene. I can then come up with the lighting of a scene together with a, with a gaffer and then together with my camera crew, that means my camera assistants, we come up with lenses, camera positions, is the camera moving or not? And yeah, stuff like that, basically. So that's what I do. And then obviously you have to somehow also relate to other departments such as wardrobe because some costumes just don't work on camera. You have to uh, get in touch with with uh, the art department because sometimes something is in the way for the camera and stuff like that. So yeah. And have you? Did you always want to be a, a DP? Was it something that you'd had in the back of your mind, or did you just fall into the love? Well, uh, I start. I mean, <laughs> I had this. Well, this moment when I was a little child, I was going to the cinema with my grandfather for the first time after the wall came down. Mind you, I was born in East Germany. And after the wall came down, the first movie I watched was Back to the Future 2. And after that, I can remember vividly that I thought like, wow, that was amazing. I wonder how they do it. And I would love to be able to do that. 
So that's when I knew I wanted to be something in the film realm, but I didn't know what I wanted to become. Uh, probably I was thinking to become a director. And uh, then later, I kind of developed a sense for visuals and fell in love with the work of Conrad Hall and later Roger Deakins and stuff like that, and people like that. And um, yeah, that's when I knew I wanted to become a cinematographer, which really shaped finally when I went to university and I had the chance of working on film projects and being a DP for the first time and trying it out for myself. And yeah, that's when I fell in love with the craft. What uni did you go to? <laughs> Very good question. Um, the university was, back in the days, it was called, um, what was it called? Thames Valley University, which is now called the University of West London. And they had a college called London College of Music and Media. That's where I went to. Mm -hmm. um, and, the, and the class was called Film Studies and Video Production. So I said, used to be. So this university doesn't exist. I mean, does the name doesn't exist anymore. And my course at that university was also canceled a couple of years ago. So I didn't burn that bridge, but it just so happens it doesn't exist anymore. Did you enjoy it? Was it useful or did, was there nothing really that you took from it? Well, what it taught me pretty, pretty early on was that you can't rely on university. It will, it will not hand anything to you. Mm. All it does, it gives you the, the pure basics. And if you're lucky, you meet another fellow filmmaker that you can have a go with and, and try your first projects together with and maybe even grow together with. But um, university doesn't hand you anything and says, this is what you have to do in order to advance. At least that's my university. They didn't do that. So pretty early on, I had to go out myself, meet people like you <laughs> in productions companies like we had, and basically, yeah, enjoy the real film world for the first time, be it as a runner, that's what I did, or then later camera assisting, and yeah, that's what university, and I mean, at the end of the day, they gave me a degree that my parents bought me dinner for, and that's great. Nice, because we but have... But it, what it also did, sorry, sorry, but what it also did, I could build my showreel, my first little tiny showreel with it. So my, mm. my final project film and a couple of stuff that I've done before, at least I had something to show for with, a, with at least some name attached to it, like the university I went to. So that, that was something that I could start out with and have it in the back pocket if somebody asked, what have you done before? So I had something to show, basically. Have you looked back at that stuff now? How does it compare to what you do? I haven't. I dare to. I don't actually. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I, I don't. I, I think I would be scared shitless looking at it because um, obviously, I mean, you develop over time, yeah. which is a good thing. But um, yeah, I wonder what people saw in it back then. But um, it helped me to advance from one step to the next. And that's what it was for. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. If I would look at it now, I would probably see so many flaws and so many things, which is part of the process. I mean, that's exactly why you shoot films. Exactly that's the reason why you do all these films, to gain experience, to make the mistakes and hopefully don't make them on the proper, like, professional job anymore. Hmm. And is that something that you'd recommend? you know, kind of do to go in and just shoot your own film or is there other ways of doing it? 
I don't know. I, I think I think it, it, the best way to learn stuff is to do it, especially when it comes to filmmaking. You you will always learn something, and even if you do the the stupidest little film for the millionth time, there will always be something that you say, "Oh, I haven't, I haven't done that before," and you try it out, and you've you've got another bit of experience in your back pocket. Um, so yeah, I would say go out there and shoot because I mean. Even if it sucks, you don't have to show it to anyone, but maybe you've learned something for yourself. Mm. Nice. And, so and I mean, a, a film set is so big, you meet so many people, and there might be someone on that film set that you can really relate to and you build a relationship with them and you can take that as your next, I don't know, maybe it's the next director that you work with or maybe the PA becomes a producer one day and you've already set up that relationship back then on this shitty little no budget short film you never know that's what I mean every every experience you can gain I said I would say go for it as long as there's something in the back of your head where you think that oh that could be useful well tell us how did you get in what was your first how did what did the route in look like and then what did the route up look like the route in was basically after I finished university, I was dead broke. I had no money. And that was basically around the year when the big financial crash happened. And so I was basically facing the fact that I had to move back to Berlin, where I came from. So I lived in London by that time. Mm-hmm. And I had to go back to Berlin, was dead broke. I had nothing. I had to move in with my mom, actually. And uh, start well, from scratch, and I, yes, very much so. And um, yeah, so I, from there, I had to start with freebies as a first AC, basically, on really no budget, really terrible short films. And but from there on, I gained. I gained. Why did you feel like you needed to do those then? I wanted to shoot, man. This is. I wanted to be on the film set. I, ever since I stepped on my first film set, I was thinking, this is it. This is what you want to do. This is where you want to be. This is, this is, yeah, this is your path. You have to do this. And so whenever I'm not shooting, I miss this. And that was the same thing back then. So I had to, I had the, the, the urgency to be on a film set, even as a first AC. And as I found out very early, I could learn a lot as a first AC on a film set because I could watch other DPs work. I could watch other producers work. I could, you know, take in the whole shebang, how other people's work looks like. So, again, you gain experience in how this film set is run as opposed to another film set. What What is a good set that is run? What's a good DP doing? How is his relationship to his first AC? How is his relationship to a director? You learn so many things. And you meet people, and this is actually what excelled me. I met people that took me to other jobs. I then slowly but surely dared to shoot my own first short films because I was just applying to a director. Mm -hmm. He liked the stuff that I shot in in, in university, so he gave me a chance to shoot a short film. So I had another film in my back pocket. And from then on, it developed until finally, one day, somebody gave me my first paid job as a DP. And that was a... Wow. The making of, of a music video. Nice. And oh, that's where it started. Not yeah. even a music video, the making of, the behind the scenes of a music the, the The behind the scenes, the EPK, as they called it, yeah. of, a, of, a, of a music video. And 
that was my first paid job with a production company. And then they came around two months later. And I was so happy, man. I, I earned 150 euros on this. I was the happiest man on the planet because I could go home and tell my mom, I finally got paid for a job that I want to do <laughs> after, I don't know how many years of doing, doing nothing for free and stuff. Yeah. The, and, and then the, the production company, two months later, they called me and said they have this little tiny green screen commercial that they want to shoot. And if I would be up for it and yeah, I was up for it. I did it. And then they gave me several more jobs. I could develop my reel and yeah, from then the story started. <laughs> Amazing. So is that so for the what were you shooting on? Was it you shooting on thirty five mil? Were you shooting on sixteen mil? Is it had the technological yeah. kind of advances in cameras had happened? Did they? Had, what, what were you shooting on? That that's a very good question because that was actually exactly the time when this whole transition happened between shooting on film and shooting digital. Mm-hmm. So the new digital cameras were just coming out, the red camera. I was lucky enough. I met someone in Berlin who happened to own the very first red camera that was shipped to Germany. Mm-hmm. And I was having a go with it. And I was just starting to play with it and shoot with it for him and with him. And, well, I very soon found out that all the old cats, as you want to call them, the old that have been in the business for very long, they were very hesitant of that new technology. They didn't want to shoot with it. They didn't dare to touch it. Nobody knew what to do with it anyway. How does the whole post-production work? Anything. Mm. So they they didn't touch it, but the demand was there. So they were looking for people who could actually operate and work with that kind of new technology. And there I was saying, here I am. I can do it. Let me do it. Mm. So that helped actually. It probably helped me advance a few years that... Should, that only took then a few weeks, basically. So That's just true. explain that a little I bit. Was, I was so ma- would you have, they, if, if, the, if the technological advances in the cameras hadn't have happened, what would you have had to have done to become a DP? Probably the same thing that I have done. I had to probably, uh, it would have been a few more years of being a camera assistant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, earning earning more reputation, meeting more people, and and you know, being able to shoot my project on the side, as opposed to you know, they bring me in just because they know I can I can operate that new technology. Yeah, that was I mean that was lucky. It, as I said, it probably saved me a few years of of, of AC work, and mm-hmm. and I was a terrible AC. <laughs> uh, so. Everybody was very happy that, that I what made you that such I a bad AC. Sorry, what made you such a bad AC then? Oh man, because um, I was I was very good at pulling focus back then. Now I suck at it, but I was very good at pulling focus, and I kind of understood how each DP wanted their camera to be set up. So I kind of I kind of guessed that, but I couldn't keep my mouth shut. So whenever he set up a scene and lit a scene. That wasn't to my liking. I, uh, <laughs> that was the time or that point where I couldn't contain myself. I had to tell them. Yeah. And obviously that's your, nothing... Um, do you let your ACs tell you that now? I'm always open to suggestions. I tell them I tell them that whenever I work with a new AC, I always tell them, you can always come to me and tell me your ideas. Okay. But don't that's be good. offended if I say no. Yeah. yeah, but don't be offended if I say no. I mean, that's I mean, it's, it's called collaboration for a reason. And I'd have no I, no problem with people, you know, bringing in ideas. Some of them are great. Some of them are not my cup of tea. And then I will tell them, 
this is not what I want. And, and, and I have a reason for something that I can explain in more detail. But if it's something where, that I haven't think of, thought of, I will definitely take it on. And I will actually present it to the director and tell them it's the first AC's idea. I think, I mean, that, that should be done. That's, yeah. that's why it's called teamwork, man. That's, that's really cool, yeah. dude. That's nice. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I guess with all of that, was there, apart from the, the going and seeing the film back in the day and going, I want to get into the film industry, was there another lightning bolt moment where you went, yeah, deep in is for me? Yeah. Um, I had to think about that question. Um, and yes, there was. There was this time back in university when we went to um, this international film camp for a good 10 days or what it was. Um, and we were 50 students in Lithuania from all over Europe doing this film camp. And we, we, divide, we were divided into small little basically production groups of three or four people. And we were we had to shoot this little documentary within three or four days, edit it and present it later. And I was the DP in my group. And um, yeah, that, that was actually so much fun. The whole shooting process, everything went well. It was very interesting to work with all these people. And then on the last night, basically, we had a little Oscars. So we presented all the films. Everybody could watch them. Nice. And then we, we decided what was the best film, what was the best editing, what was the best cinematography, what was the best that, this, that, that. So, and I ended up being the runner up to the best cinematography. Um, and people came up to me and, and congratulated me for my work and said how nice everything was. And that's when it clicked. And then I thought like, well, yeah, you should, you should pursue this. I think you're, you're good at this. You don't suck at this. At this. You should, you should definitely pursue this and, and yeah, go for it. That was this how old, lightning bolt moment. How old were you? What, what age was this? Um, I, I started university later than the usual English bloke would start university because our system in Germany is a bit different. And so I was, I must have been 26 ish. Yes, I think 26. And then you, yep. did you find that the age, the age was a good thing to have on your side coming into it a little later? Um, I don't know, man. I, it, it, uh, no, I, I couldn't say it. If it, age doesn't, doesn't make, make, make a difference, man. Either, I mean, yes, experience here and there, but uh, an 18-year-old can have more life experience than a 30-year-old ever had. Um, that doesn't make a difference. If you have a good eye and if you have a good vision and you, if you can voice that vision, I don't think age makes such a difference, to be honest. And I mean, quite frankly, these days people go out with their DSLR cameras and they couldn't shoot nice images and they are 15, 16 years old. So yeah. what's age then? I mean... Do you, do, do you try and help your... What do you try and do to help your team kind of get some experience or get some knowledge? Is there any other times that you let them help you light something or do you pass down little work to them? Or how do you help your team kind of, how do you motivate your team? And what do you do to help them progress up? Well, it depends. I mean, team is, is a broad thing. I mean, if you talk about my camera, my core camera crew, like the, mm -hmm. the camera assistants, 
sometimes when it's an it's an easy day, for example, I let the second AC have a go at pulling focus, for example. If he says he can do it and he's, he's up for it and he wants to do it, then, of course, he can pull focus. Sometimes, if it's a very stressed production and we don't have much time, so we're running out of time at the end of a very long shoot, or like, let's say it's the 27th day of a 30-day shoot, and we had to let go of a few scenes and we need to shoot some pickups, I sometimes send the first AC out uh, to shoot basically some second unit stuff if we are setting up somewhere else. For example, with a with a uh, with a steady cam and then he comes with his own ASD so my ASD can do something else that kind of stuff i mean and yes i had the one day actually on the shoot where i was taken ill so i had to stay home oh, no. for for one day and my my first AC took over i told him what i wanted to do he basically set up everything i looked at the rushes later and it was spot on so perfect i trust them if i've worked with them for often enough i trust them to do these kind of things Obviously, I wouldn't do it for with a with someone I've just never met before and only by a good feeling. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what I would do. I mean, it depends. Camera assistants can be can be either way. Either they are camera assistants trying to be uh, DOPs one day, or they're camera assistants whose sole profession is supposed to be camera assistant. Hmm. That's something different. I mean, I like both. It's both very nice. Uh, but yeah, you just have to know it when you work with them. Mm. Nice. And I guess it sounds like you're every time you're talking, it's been kind of longer project. Is is feature films, is that where you tend to do most of your work? Um it's it's a developing process, to be honest. I mean, yes, feature films is something obviously since I was telling you about me being a little kid trying to do feature films or, mm -hmm. or thinking that one day I want to do this. So feature films is something that I've I've this is where I see myself one day is, is probably wrong because I've already done four features now, mm -hmm. but um, this is where I want to be in more now. But 80% um, of what I do is actually still commercials. And I want to be, I want to keep that ratio at 50, 50, ideally at some point. Mm -hmm. I know everybody's trying to do that. Everybody says the same thing and everybody tells you how hard it is. And how uh, and that those two worlds don't mix very well, but everybody's trying to do it. So I'm one of them trying to mix the two. And um, yeah, but still, yeah, eighty percent of what I do is commercials, and most of the commercials is car related actually. So I've become quite specific in the commercials I do, which is probably a good thing if you if you know the sort of area that you want to go into. And mine is cars basically. You love cars, you love lighting cars, or you just happen to fall into it? Uh, yes, everything, yes. I, I, it ha I happen to fall into it, but I love cars. I love the challenge of lighting a car because at the end of the day, you're, you're trying to light a mirror. Mm. Um, and obviously what comes with it is you, you always tend to shoot cars in very nice locations. And so you get to travel and I love traveling. So that also helped me with my motivation to trying to get into the car kind of uh, things. And, and the productions are like four, five, six, seven days with traveling, with pre-production, everything, which is, I like that. So you're away from home for seven, eight days, and then you have a longer spell of not working. Mm -hmm. So you spend some time at home. I like that. That's, that's 
I love the this kind of style. Is there a certain place that you've shot in, or are there places that you shoot cars in? You like the light at you know the light at this place is amazing for cars. Are there countries? Oh, there that are several. Yeah, I mean, in, in Europe, Spain is the go-to country, um, especially Barcelona, um, because it's got everything. You've got you've got the seaside, you've got the mountains, you've got everything. And if you are very lucky and you go to Barcelona in late October, early November, and you have a sunny day where there are no, not much, not many clouds, which is likely, it's not. It, it can happen that you are not so lucky, but it's likely that you have good weather. It's the most amazing light in Europe, at least. It's it's very low. It never gets high up. You always have this, from the sea, you have this mist in the air that you can see the rays of light. It's amazing. That's mm-hmm. that's what I like. But there are other nice places in Europe. I've been to Slovenia now, and also quite, I was quite surprised at how amazing it looks there, and the, the light can be equally nice. Mm. So that so that's car commercials. Have you done any kind of nice features recently you want to talk about? <laughs> Thanks for asking. Yes, um, today is uh, actually a great day to talk about that because yesterday, <laughs> yesterday, yesterday was a Thursday. Yesterday, my uh, my my last feature just came out. It's, uh, it's German title is Kartoffelsalat 3, the musical. So it translated that would be Potato Salad Three, the musical. Uh, don't potato, let potato salad three. Yes. Yeah. 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 They came. I don't know. There's a very long story how they came up with that title. Okay. Uh, at the end of the day, it's a it's a musical, which mm-hmm. is very interesting to shoot. I've never done a musical before, and I don't think many people have the chance to shoot a musical. No, not now. Um, no, not now. <laughs> Especially no. after Cat. Oh gosh. <laughs> um. <laughs> um but it was it was it was it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life to shoot a musical and the other good thing was or the other interesting thing about that film is it is 90% of the cast are, are basically youtubers influencers and the likes so it's very interesting to work with these people because they are quite knowledgeable of how they position themselves towards the camera, how they present themselves towards the camera. And they have a different work attitude than regular actors, I would say. Mm -hmm. Good and bad, uh, which is very interesting. And it's very weird when you work with people that you have no idea who they are because I'm too old to know all these people. Mm. But uh, you walk down the streets and every kid on the street just knows them and just gets like a screaming attack and is completely going bonkers and you think like wow i mean this film can only be good if, if half of the people are going into the cinema so let's see how that turns out yeah but it was fun yeah musical i can only recommend if you have the chance to shoot a musical please shoot a musical even if you hate musicals shooting one is a whole different story so so what are the what what was the kind of the main difference or the the couple of main differences that you're like okay well this differs a lot for these reasons well, the good thing with the musical is you have always a little bit more wiggle room with when it comes to uh, the believability in that sense. So, I mean, you can you can change a location and don't tell the the audience why you went from A to B because it's a musical. You can be it's mm-hmm. basically like shooting a music video. You yeah. can you have the freedom to do whatever you want in in one sense. 
uh, as long as you as you try, try to stay in the realm of the universe you're trying to create, obviously. Mm. Uh, and yeah, you have you have days where you're completely relying on 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 choreography, and you have to you have to get your head around how to shoot it in a way that it looks nice, and that all the people that put in their hard work into the choreography get featured as well. Plus, you want to get the performance of the singing and everything. So it is like shooting. 12 music videos in in that amount of time. I mean, sometimes what, I can remember one day we had to shoot a, a whole a whole song in four hours. And I was thinking at the end of the day, I was thinking usually that takes 20 hours what we shot here. Yeah. But for some reason, it just went so quickly and yeah, it went all in can because we had very professional people around us. Mm. And that um, was super interesting. Yeah, I mean, you shoot with with performance, with uh, with playback, and you have to take this all into account. You know, it's not like you can cut every five seconds or every two seconds or every uh, just after one sentence or something. You have to let the performance roll, and you have to figure out a way how to position yourself with the camera, move the camera so it just doesn't get boring the whole time. Because I mean, there's only so much you can do with the camera, mm. and if you have to move the camera for thirty seconds, all of a sudden then it becomes a challenge, you know, because what do you do? How do you stop? Where's the pe- where are the people moving? If you can't shoot a 360 set, how do you get with the camera to where you need to be at that certain point? So, yeah, you have to get your head around that. It's quite interesting. Did you, did, I guess it sounds like your grips, you know, would you have had technocranes and loads of all the toys out or did you try and keep it a little bit more simple? <laughs> I wish we had a technocrane, man. <laughs> We were like a super low budget film. The biggest lighting unit I had was a 4K, man. And I had one gaffer. Yeah, yeah, one 4K HMI. And I had one gaffer with me because at that time, and I mean, I don't know how it is in England these days, but at the moment in Germany, they are shooting like crazy. Everybody is busy. So if you're trying to get electricians, especially lighting electricians, it is absolutely bonkers you have no chance if you can't pay a regular day rate and we were as a low budget production we were in no position to offer this kind of money to people mm. so we ended up just having one gaffer with us and i was basically lighting literally myself with my first ac together we were just running around the set trying to light everything together with a gaffer and and trying to make it work and as it when it comes to grip we didn't have a grip we couldn't afford a grip, and so we didn't have one. So we we ha- we had someone who was operating a mill for us. Uh, he was with us most of the time, so we had one way to to operate and move the camera. And then a good friend of mine, he's a Steadicam operator. He was nice enough and kind enough to come over for a few days and help us as well with, you know, doing some Steadicam stuff. Mm. But other than that, it was just us, maybe a, a slider, and then come up with something. Nice, basically. Wow. So there's a lot of parameters that are kind of put upon you to then also try and make a feature film. That must have been quite a yes. difficult a difficult prep. Uh, well, the prep wasn't... Yes, I mean, yes and no. The, the, the good thing was the, the, the director that I worked with, he is, I wouldn't say he's a genius, but he comes close. Because he had everything in his head, he had he had everything planned out before we actually even got into things. So he had a pretty good idea of what he wanted, 
And since he knew we were very limited, actually, I was able to elevate what he had because we could do stuff that he hadn't thought of with a, with a little... For example, we had one scene where there are people sitting behind it around a desk, lots of people, and uh, he wanted to shoot it as one wide shot because we didn't have the chance to move the camera otherwise. And we ended up putting a cloth on the table, put the camera onto that cloth, and me climbing on that table and pushing forward the camera and pushing into a close-up and... This is how we move the camera. If you see it now, you would think like, oh, there was a super techno crane and they were super low over the table and everything. No, the camera was on the table on a piece of cloth being pushed forward by myself. Holy That's mother. what you do. And then yeah, but so that's what you, you do. I mean... Yeah, you got to just find out solutions on the day. There's no, you know... You, and nobody can uh, nobody will will know afterwards nobody no. nobody's interested afterwards how you got the shot people will criticize that shot when it's a bit shaky or something mm. but i don't mind i know otherwise it would have been a boring white shot static so rather do that or one day we, we tried we had we didn't have a crane with us as i said we had a, a forklift basically and we just put the camera with the gimbal on a forklift and we just brought down the forklift and we had like a, a crane uh, a white shot. That was it. That's, you're getting very creative, really, Con. You're getting very creative. <laughs> well, sometimes you have to. If you, I mean, if you, that's the thing. If, you, if you're invested in that project yourself because you like the idea, you like the people behind it, you like the director, and you like the people that work with you, like your team and everything, you're trying to make something that you can be proud of and that the team can be proud of. And that's exactly what you do. You, you come up with something and everybody, at the end of the day, when you finish the shot with a forklift, everybody in that film from your team will see that and be proud of that moment when it actually worked. Yeah. Uh, that's the cool thing. True. Yeah, it's very true. So I, saw, I think I saw a little, it was like a little post on a Facebook group and it was from one of the, just like in a... a thing from a crew member and it's like if you're going to make us be here this long you know some people are going to you know have divorces because of the hours that we do just please make it the best film that you can from those things exactly you're about there you're take you know you're going above and beyond and that's that's cool man well and and but everybody was and i mean everybody was on on, on the team i mean the director He's leading the whole show, and he was he was the he was leading with by example, man. He was the first one on set. After we've wrapped, he actually went home and he started editing the film. So we had a, I, I kid you not, we had a rough cut on our rap party, which was the last day of shooting. We had we could watch the first rough cut of the film, and I mean that speaks volumes of the of the director. Hmm. How do you? So that was pretty cool. That's that's a great question for me to lead into. Is just what is a DP? How closely do a DP and a director work? What is it? Do you just talk by emails? Do you never see each other? Is it you know how closely do you work with directors? Does it differ from directors? It it does, but in a perfect world, you're brothers in arms. Basically, it's you and the producer before you even start anything. You have to be one unit. You have to trust your director. The director has to trust you. And um, yeah, you just you're just trying to make the best thing possible. And and ideally, you talk a lot. You watch films together, or at least he tells you what films inspire him. You watch them, 
and then you send them a list of films that inspire you for, for that project that you intend to shoot, you would need to have this constant stream of communication open because otherwise you'd be on set and you'd light something and prep something while he is doing something else, maybe talking to an actor. He comes back and says, like, that's exactly not what I had in mind. How, how can you come up with that? And that's just miscommunication. So ideally, you're very close to your director. Um, that is on a, on a feature film. That's a must. That's a given, I think. If you're not, it's, it's going to be very complicated. Um, uh, on a film set, I would say that the, the three most important people are the, the director, his, uh, first ace, his first assistant director. He's super important, I find, and the DP. If these three work together in tune, the show will run like a breeze. That's, that counts for every set, I would say. Okay. Um, what I just... I want this podcast also to be useful for kind of the, the film students and the, the me and you when we first started. So what advice yep. would you kind of give those younger, your younger self, when you were either first starting off or years before you even got close to it? What, pick, it pick an age and just have a little, have a little chat to yourself. What, what advice would you give? Um, I would say um, you shouldn't rely on on any milestone in your career that is, oh, if I accomplish this, then everything will be easier. Or if I, if I, if I shoot my first short films, <clears throat> I will only be shooting. I mean, I, it will be easier to shoot short films than anything. Or if I, if I get signed by an agency, everything will be easy from now on. Or if I win a prize at a, at a festival, everything will be easier now and people will come to me and work will pour in. That will, it, it hasn't happened for me yet. So, um, very likely that it doesn't happen for many other people as well. I mean, there's the odd uh, exemption, obviously, but uh, I would say don't rely on that kind of thing. You have to always be working hard and um, and and do your thing, basically. Um, what else? Um, well, yeah, I can only say I never had that moment where I thought like I had made it um, because there's always something that you that you should have your next goal. You should have always have a goal and, and you should never think that once you reach the goal, that's it. And and, and I, I would say to my younger self, probably the, the one that is just starting out, that is on his first film set and thinks like everything is so hard and everything is so difficult and it's long hours and it's very tedious and you have to pick up the equipment at ungodly hours and you have to pack everything yourself and blah, blah, blah. I would just say to him, well, it won't get easier over time. It will. You would just be used to it more, and uh, there will be new problems, more difficult problems, uh, where you will be equipped to handle these at a time. So it, it, it'll happen. It will, will won't be easy, but you will cope with it better. That's what I would say to myself. Nice, nice. All right. Well, look, give us <laughs> give us that. Give us the uh, any any other people or projects you want to give a shout out to. You want to give that little film a little shout out again? Well, if you're uh, if you are in a German-speaking country, that is Germany, Switzerland, or Austria, please go watch uh, Potato Salad or Kartoffelsalat. Um, it is a it's a good film to watch. It's 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 not Shakespeare, um, but it's um, it's good fun. It's good entertainment. You can watch it with your whole family. I'd appreciate if you watch it because. Um, it is a numbers game at the end of the day. If we get enough seats 
uh, then it's a good chance that we get to make another film, not the same or not a sequel to that film, but just in general, get to make other films. That's how it works, basically. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my shout out to the film. Nice. Any final thoughts? Any final thoughts? Uh, uh, I, no, not not really final thoughts for me. Just just telling you that uh, I really salute you and your uh, your idea with what you came up with and that you're trying to help young people. That's my my final thoughts. <laughs> well, uh, a massive massive thank you, Constantine. Big. Big, 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 big love. If anyone wants to find out, so ConstantineFreya.com on the web and then Insta at ConstantineFreya. The man is a legend. Go check him out. Follow him. Go watch his film. Um, go to thetimescheduler.com. It's the website that I'm doing for all those media students. Go and check it all out. And until we meet again, film family, that is a wrap. Set up as a chat with the king or queen In the game I give it a shout at the end So you all know the name It's the Film Gods Podcast The what? The Film God Podcast